0: What is up, Fathom? It's so good to see you all here in the room, as well as want to say hello to everybody watching online or listening, driving down the road. Our Fathom family is stretched out all over the place, thankful for uh, what God's doing. Uh, If you're new here, maybe you're here for the first, second, third time, uh, you're still feeling us out to see if this is a fit for you uh, to grow and to just thrive in your family. Uh, I want you to know we're just thinking of you, uh, praying for you, um, and, and we really hope that this feels like a place that you can grow in your faith, and that you can grow in family, too. That moment we just share, like, sometimes people call that fellowship, but that you can't build community in, like, 30 seconds. And so uh, we're actually, right now, we're kind of in, we do small groups um, throughout the year, and we take these natural breaks. Um, and one of the things that we're really passionate about here is you doing life together with people. Like God has not designed it for you to be running this race alone. And so we do that most of the time through scheduled small groups, right? We all want that to happen organically, but the reality of our busy lives, if we don't, if we're not intentional about it, it won't happen if we don't put it on our schedule. So we're actually in one of our natural breaks. We just kind of the seasonal times. And at the beginning of 2020, man, can y'all believe it's 2020? Like I saw this meme the other day that was talking about like talking about 20 years ago, uh, it was 1980, but that was 20 years ago that we were <laughs> thinking that, like Y2K, like, come on somebody, 20 year anniversary of Y2K, that's where we're at, and so it's just wild. But at the beginning of every year, we, we start the year with 21 days of prayer and fasting. That's just a time, that, that may scare some of you, but what I've found over the years is that folks that will lean into that, even if I've never, you've never done it before, we teach you and walk you through that process Man, it just sets you up for some amazing, thing that God, amazing things that God's going to do in your heart. And so we just invite you into this family. We've got a special gift for you as you leave. So if you'll grab that little card in the seat back or just text uh, your info, or reach out. What is it? Is it 97,000? 97,000? 94,000? Something like that. It'll be up on the screen later on. We'll talk about it later. But um, we're so thankful that you're here and uh, we've got a special gift. We're actually giving away like cool, like crazy Christmas socks. There you go. 97,000. I had it right. I thought so. Um, and so we're giving away like some crazy Christmas socks. So if you're a dog person, we got them back there. We, I, I saw a guy walking out with Batman socks last week. Come on. That's fun stuff. So we'd love to just bless you with those uh, excited about today. Today's a fun day because we also have, um, oh, I, I missed my thought. I, I got off on a tangent there. Um, but we're in like a, a natural break of our group season. Our, our groups launch back on Super Bowl Sunday. So here's what I want to challenge you to do. I want you to be intentional about your relationships. Uh, this season is, is awesome. People love the Christmas season, but it's also a really hard season for many people. And, and it can be a season in which we feel scattered and we feel disconnected. And so I want to challenge you to be intentional about your relationships in the body of Christ, to like build a friendship, invite somebody to lunch, invite somebody over for dinner, and just don't wait till like February 2nd to like, okay, we're going to be intentional about our relationships. No, we actually should always be intentional about our relationships knowing that they... We're better together. No disciple walks alone. Jesus sent, us, sent the disciples out two by two, and so um, we just want to challenge you to lean into that. Uh, next, next couple of weeks is going to be a, a lot of fun. Next week is, is just a, a huge opportunity to invite guests, so if you haven't gotten some of those postcards and tagged people and reached out. We're also doing a Christmas Eve service that we'd love for you to to participate in, uh, 4.30 on Christmas Eve. Hopefully that that works with uh, getting off work a little bit early that day and uh, before you have your family gatherings that evening that I know is real popular with a lot of folks. So uh, excited about that. It's just going to be one hour, 4.30 to 5.30 right here, and it's going to be all family in, no kids ministry that day, just all together. So I'm really excited to just be able to share with you. We've got a a lot of just really special activities. We have a kids program that's happening. Today that's a little bit out of the norm for us, but man, it's awesome! Like, not only is it super cute, but it's super powerful, and I think you're going to love that here. So you're getting a little mini sermon from me today. And if you've been with us over the course of this month, what we've been walking through is this series called "Best Christmas Ever." And through this, what we we think that really the path to get there is we got to make some choices. We got to make some decisions. Like we we can hope for the best Christmas ever, but I think if we don't make some of these decisions. Uh, throughout the process, then, then we're not going to have the best Christmas ever. And David got us started on the first weekend just talking about the choice to forgive. Last week, we talked about the choice to worship, the choice to praise, regardless of circumstance, learning from the life of Mary and, and this crazy gift that she got. She praised her way through it. Uh, but I also, uh, God, I, I really had a different direction I was going this morning, and God really brought me to the the, the Magi, but to a different thing about the Magi than what I was going to originally talk about and so I want to talk to you about the choice to seek Him, the choice to seek Him, because just being you know, real honest, like I think when we talk about seeking Him, we talk about just a, a real pursuit of God, like an honest pursuit, not a casual pursuit of knowing who God is. And so uh, before I kind of get into more what, what's on my heart, I really just want to read the text this morning, kind of let that set us up. And then just share my heart for a few minutes on, on what it looks like to seek him. And so let's lean in here. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 2. We're going to read about the Magi, these men from the east, Matthew chapter 2. We're going to read verses 1 through 12, so hang in there. Uh, read, this, read along with me. So after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked where is the one who's been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. And when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. I guess it was like supposed to be great news, good news. And Herod is disturbed because he's kind of worried about his own throne. And all Jerusalem with him. A lot of people were, were just kind of messed up with this idea that the, the Messiah could be here and it's a baby. Um, and when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem in Judea. They replied, for this is what it is written, uh, uh, the prophet has written, Micah 5 2 here. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler. Who will shepherd my people, Israel. And then Herod called the Magi secretly, which was a disgrace at this time. All public all meetings happen in public. They didn't happen in secret. But he called them secretly and found out the exact time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child, and as soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. I always put that in quotes because it's, he has no intentions. He wants Jesus dead. And after they had heard the king, uh, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed on coming to the house. They saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed and worshipped him, and they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, of frankincense or of incense and of myrrh, having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod. They returned to their country by another route. There is so much here in this text. Um, But just to set us up on who who are we talking about? Who are these magi from the east? They're the ones that we often call the wise men. And they're called the wise men really because they were wise men at that time. Kings consulted to these. These These were consultants for kings and the highest politicians and religious leaders. They would consult them because they studied the stars. They were Astrologers. At this time, that was kind of a, a big deal. And, and there became this group known as the Magi. And I'll, I'll save the history lesson on how they came to be. But they were influential men who knew the scriptures. And more than anything, they, they had a particular concentration of study with the prophets. So when kings had questions about what was to come, they went to these guys. What was going to happen? Who's going to be the anointed one? What's happening in, uh, in the divine realms? They went to these guys who studied scriptures and they studied. The stars, and they had a, a, a powerful place of influence. And here, these men of influence are traveling from afar, from the east. Uh, for a long time, I thought it was like China, but but it actually wasn't that far east. It was actually probably more Persia, or like modern-day Saudi Arabia is probably my my closest inclination to where they came from. And these, these were these were God-fearing uh, men who were converted to Judaism, probably in the time of Esther. If you just want to know, probably in the time of Esther, that, that this movement happened. And so they, they were studying and they saw this star and people kind of throw around it. Was it a meteor or a comet? What did they see? Like actually see? Well, the scriptures tells us it was a star and, so, and, it, and it moved, but it wasn't like shooting. And so it was there when they saw it from afar. And by the time they get there, they can locate where it's at. So this isn't a comet. This isn't something that disappeared. This is something that moved and they were following uh, this star. But more than all, the history lesson of this, I, I want to get into the heart of why are these guys so diligently sought Jesus, and, and what it looks like for us to diligently seek him, because I think we, we get this really misunderstood, and sometimes this can be really frustrating, like, I would love to know you, God, if you would just make it a little easier. I feel like it's got, it's got so much work, and I get caught up, and we get disillusioned, by religion, and we get disillusioned by false motives, just like they had an opportunity to. By Herod, who came and, and said, hey, come here, guys. And they, he sent them out on this, like a, a, a mission. That could have, like, threw them off, but they stayed committed to go honor Jesus. And it's interesting that one of the greatest God, uh, gifts that God has given us is the gift of, of choice in itself. That we can seek him, or we can choose not to seek him. And there's so much with this, but um, Paul actually, we see in the New Testament, Acts chapter 17, he's on missionary journeys. And and in one of those moments, he's stopped in Athens. And as he was walking through Athens, Greece, he's looking around and he's seeing all these idols. And it's just kind of getting on his nerves as like a a, a God-fearing man who's like been saved and converted um, uh, to following Jesus. He's like, he can't stand all these idols. And so He's, he's preaching, he's conversating, he's trying to convince these Stoic people and these Ap- Epicureans and these God-fearing Jews there, like, you don't need these idols. You can know God. You're worshiping an, an idol, an image that you can enter his presence and exit. And like, that's, he's like, no, 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 there's something deeper. You can have relationship with God. And he's, he's pushing on. And here's what he says in Acts chapter 17. Go ahead and throw it up there. God did this so that they would seek him, And perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he's not far from any one of us. And Paul was talking about creation itself. He he was talking about the sun, moon, and stars, and humanity within our very being. God set it up like this, so that we'll do what? So that we'll seek him. And he's not far from us. Uh, Most of you know, I've I've got a three-year-old, Elisha, and it used to happen with the boys when they were little too. But you ever play hide and seek with a little kid? and they, uh, you're like, all right, I'm going to count, and I sort of close my eyes, but these days I can't close my eyes, because if I close my eyes, I'm going to fall asleep, so I have to like, keep my eyes open and just shield my eye. Anybody else, like, I identify with that statement, so, um, <laughs> and so we'll play hide-and-seek, and then I'll count to 10, and she'll walk across the room, and, like, it's, or she'll go into the next room, and she'll just stand there. And like, then I walk in there and it's so obvious to see her. And for her, she's playing hide and seek. And, and I think we get it messed up on like, God's not hiding from us. He's, he's not. And, it, and this is what it's important for us to understand. You guys can go ahead and throw it up there. That God's not hiding from us. He, he, in order for us to really know him, he set it up. We, it requires seeking him diligently. And this is something that these magi did. They studied the stars. They studied the prophets. And we'll get into a whole other conversation another day about astrology and all that, okay? And how that's to, to be used more in astronomy uh, um, formats. But, but it, it, God's not hiding from us. He's actually made it plain and he wants us to know him. But he set it up, given us choice to seek him or to not to seek him. And in this busy season of life, we have a choice. Like, is everything else going to take precedence over the real gift in this season, over the real re- reason for the season? And we just get caught up in society. We get caught up in the gifts, and we make it about everything else. And maybe we seek him, but we seek him on 20 minutes a Sunday. And we don't seek him diligently. And here these, these men who have been studying. They've given their lives to knowing the truth and to knowing God through not just the stars, but the scriptures. And they seek him. That's a, a powerful thought for us. I, I think with us, it's not as complicated as we make it. I think we often make it really complicated, and um, I, I think when it comes to a lot of things, like with finances, we make it really complicated and act like we don't know how to be healthy financially when it's pretty basic. Like, don't spend more than what you make. Like, that's that's basic. I mean, it's pre- pretty obvious path, but. All of us in this room have made a lot of mistakes financially and are not perfect financially, yours truly included. We know the path, but getting there is sometimes really difficult. The same goes if we're a trainer. We've got a trainer in the room, a physical fitness trainer, and the path there is pretty easy. Like you got some goals at the beginning of the year. You know you want to lose 15, 20 pounds, 10 pounds, whatever. You know how to get where you're going, don't you? Diet and exercise, like it all falls around that. But so it's not the actual, the actual um, path there. It's not the knowledge base. It's just, am I going to do that diligently? Am I going to have resilience when I'd rather eat the chocolate cake at night? Am I going to have diligence when I really would rather have that TV now? It's, it's, and the same is true of God. Like he's not hiding and this doesn't have to be complicated. It's just dil- diligence and resilience in the midst of a life that's trying to get his disillusioned and a culture that's trying to make it something that it's not. And there's idols all over the place. And he's just saying, will you just, will you just seek me? God, God has something for us, but knowing him is going to require seeking him with our whole heart. Our whole heart. Uh, many people know Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. even if they haven't been in church for a long time or ever they're familiar with J- Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, which says for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to give you a hope and a future and a prosperous future. Uh, you, you, you know that scripture but what we don't often recognize is two verses later because we love that idea hope future prosperous all that great stuff but two verses later we miss this verse and I think I, we should memorize this one this week and here it is. You will seek me, and you'll find me, when you seek me with all your heart. And I think we can just kind of go through the motions, and seek him partially, and we wonder why we don't know God. It's not because He's hiding. He's not. He's in plain sight, creation, human, But He set it up that He wants us to. He wants all of us. He wants all of us. And I was just talking about a trainer. And, and, and what goes into that is, is a trainer can only help you as much as you want to help yourself. And so we see it throughout the Old and the New Testament. Seeking God is a major theme throughout the scriptures. But there's this, this pattern that we see throughout what it looks like to seek him. If you seek me, you're going to find me. If you seek me with your whole heart, not just casually, not just apathetically. Like if, if maybe I'll, I'll get this. Maybe God will just show up on a billboard to me. No, no. He wants all of us. He is jealous for our worship. He is jealous for our hearts. And, and this is good news. And there's a reason, there's a path to God's perfect plan for us to seek him. But we let so many other things get in the way. We let so many other things have our heart. One of those things that's been dominating our time, and we've tried to make some tangible exchanges in our, the way we spend our time, is our phones. Our phones. Come on, you know, like you can just veg and scroll and play games on it. And so we've like moved it away from our bedside, and we've like you'll have a, a, a more trouble getting a hold of us. We'll, we'll call you back later because we're just not with our phones near as much. Like praise God for that, and that's really helping. Um, but that that was a, that was a break so that my heart and my mind I can give wholeheartedly to my family, to the Lord, to ministry that's right in front of me. And, and I think the final thing that I, I want us to know here. seeking God is that it's worth it, that he's worth it. Like for these magi, think about they they had studied it and then they went and then they got got distracted or, or, or Herod wanted them distracted and they just kept on with it. They just kept going on to the mission that they had. They came prepared to give and show honor to him. They knew this baby was worth it before they ever left home. Each one of them, we think that there's three, I mean, it's just really a guess. That's really just a historical perspective because there was three gifts that were mentioned, but there could have been 10 of them for all we know. But there was these three gifts and each of them had very specific connotation and meaning for the life of Jesus and the role of Jesus and who he was. They gave gold because he was a king even as a child, they gave frankincense um, to, to, um, because that would be uh, what uh, a priest would burn. And so it, it acknowledged his priestly role that he was the high priest that would be sacrificed for us once and for all. And they gave myrrh something that, that spoke to his resurrection and his death because that is what they would anoint a body with myrrh to cover up the scent of death. And so even, I don't know if they, they kept all those things, but they would be useful for his life and his ministry in some way, shape, or form. They brought those, and I bet Mary and Joseph put those to work pretty early, or maybe they hung around, and they just kept him waiting for a moment in time in which it would be useful to his life and ministry. The last thing I want us to know is that when we seek him, it is worth it. He is worth it. When we show up, seeking him is always worth it. I love this scripture right here. If you'll throw it up um, for me. The Lord is good. Um, This comes out of of Lamentations 325. If you don't know what the word lamentation is, and some of you, like, this is your life right now, it's complaining. That's what lamentations are. So there's a book of complaint in the scripture, so God's not afraid of your complaining. There's five or six chapters, just all complaining. In fact, like 70% of the Psalms, 150 chapters of it, 70% of those, complaining. 70 percent. So God's not afraid of your complaining, but he wants to do something in the middle of your struggle and your frustration and your complaints. He wants to speak something to you. And this is this glimmer of hope, this glimmer of reminder to seek him, because here's what it says, the Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. He's good. In the middle of your complaint about, about how we don't have money for this or, or how we're frustrated with that our child that's not doing what we want them to do or our, our company won't promote us. All of our frustrate, all of our things that we're, we find complaint about, if we'll just keep seeking Him in the process, keep finding our hope in Him, He's going to be good to us. It's going to be worth it. He is good to us. And I want to pray for you. I want to pray with you today. Because here's the reality. The path is pretty plain. It's pretty obvious. Like it, you could figure it out. I, I need to pray more. I need to spend time with God's Word. I need to spend time with God's people. If I want to know Him, I need, I need to immerse myself and diligently seek Him. Hear these men from Arabia, who probably didn't have like a great church home to really grow in, but they studied and they spent their life waiting for the Christ to arrive. He's not hiding from you. He's just waiting. And he set us up that it's going to require giving him our whole heart, seeking him wholeheartedly. So can we push away excuses in this season? The busyness, the disillusionment, the jadedness from our last church or, or whatever. Can we just push away all that stuff, the busyness, and just say, no, no, God, I'm a, I want to seek you with my whole heart today, in this season. And, and I pray if we can do this in this moment, in this season, it's going to set us up for 2020, a year that that we're going to look back on and be like, man, something shifted at the end of 2019 into 2020. And I moved into a place where I I became, to I I know God. I know him personally. I don't just, I don't just want to worship him. I don't just want to know him. No, no, I know him. He's my savior. He's my Lord. I want to ask you to stand. I want to pray for you. Our kids are going to be working their way in here today in just a few moments. And we got no singing. Bill's playing beautifully on the guitar, man. Looking beautiful, playing beautiful. But I just, uh, I just want you to bow your head. And, and you know where you're at. God knows where you're at. He's not hiding, but you can't hide from him either. If you think you've just been kind of sliding into the crowd, I'm just going to hide from God. No, it doesn't work like that. He knows you. He's got a plan for you. But he requires us to seek him with with our whole heart. He's so good when he does. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you for this moment in time. A day which we're excited to celebrate with our kids. But God, most of all, God, we're here to honor you. We're here to seek your face, God. Help us to not get caught up in the busyness and the, the stresses of the season, but and forget the very reason. God, that you've come, that we might know life, we might know it to the abundant, and that happens through putting our faith in you, Jesus. Across this room, God, there's people who who are seeking you just part-time, or seeking you with 20 minutes of their week, God, and would you help us all, God? I just pray that you would just unite us as a body around one thing, and that's to seek you, to make you, to know you, and to make you known, God. That's our prayer. That's our desire 2020, God, to know you and to make you known. God, would you speak that so deeply into our life and being that we could be used as vessels for you. God, for the person who's walked in, walking through a lot of baggage right now of pain, of loss, of grief, God, and we feel you're far away, God, remind us you're not far away. You're close to the broken hearted, God. You've drawn near. You're not hiding from us. God, help us all across this room to just seek you earnestly with our whole heart in this season, God. And may you receive all glory and honor and praise today. In Jesus' holy name, amen.